Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 8th of November. Today is Remembrance Sunday and many church services will hold an act of remembrance. Our act of remembrance will take place during our church service at 11 o'clock. You may wish to pause for two minutes at 11 o'clock or two minutes at another time to pause and remember conflicts of past years and pray for peace. We now gather in a short time of worship together. Our reading today is read by Ian Armstrong and this translation is taken from the King James Version. Our hymn is sung for us by Patricia Hunter, accompanied by George Knight. Today's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 25, reading from verses 1 to 13. Matthew, chapter 25, 1 to 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. 
They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you ye rather to, to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Thank you for this reading. Amen. Being prepared is a worthwhile investment in time management, not just in business, but also in our personal and spiritual lives. Being prepared usually means a calmer head and more focused and unorganised approach. When conducting a wedding, which I'm often asked to do, I need to be prepared in advance with the right words, the couple's specific chosen vows, and an ink fountain pen to sign the marriage schedule. Now, at recent wedding, I found that I had to increase that list by adding in a face mask and hand sanitizer. Being prepared changes with time and circumstances and is not always for our own benefit, but often for the benefit of others. In our world of risk management, we are told to make plans for all sorts of disasters, personal, community or even national. We get flu shots. We make escape plans for getting out of the house or office if it catches on fire. We keep an emergency roadside kit in the boot of our car. And it's not just schools that participate in fire drills. During the height of the Cold War, or even the World Wars, many people prepared for the worst by building bunkers or underground shelters and stocked them with necessities for living. Preparing for disaster is something we are good at preparing for, but what about being prepared for joy? Or what about being prepared for pleasure? Or what about being prepared for good times? What about being prepared for peace? In the scouting movement, Lord Baden-Powell in 1908 created the motto, Be Prepared, a motto that has taught generations of boys and girls lots of useful skills. But those skills were put into practice by going fishing or rock climbing, abseiling, canoeing, camping, cooking food over a campfire, fun things. They were preparing for good times, not just bad. As Christians, we are called to be prepared, but not just for all those trials and tribulations that grab the headlines. Today's Gospel message tells us in parable form how Jesus wants us to be prepared so that we can enjoy life in all its fullness. 
in keeping with Middle Eastern wedding tradition. The groom in the parable goes to the bride's parents' house to fetch her and would have returned to his house where all the guests would be waiting for the couple and then a week-long celebration would begin. The bridesmaids would wait near the groom's house and they would light the way of the bridal party to the celebrations. In modern times, the main role of the bridesmaids are to accompany the bride down the aisle. But what would have happened if disaster struck and one of the bridesmaids were to forget her shoes? Offhand, I don't think others would offer theirs. They would probably say either, go and borrow a pair from somebody else, or do without and risk the wrath of the bride. This parable today indicates a shift in audience from last week's polemic against the Pharisees and the scribes to a larger crowd. Here the setting is a much smaller group of disciples, gathered on the Mount of Olives. Jesus has been warning them about being led astray by false claimants to be the Messiah. The disciples are living in the present, the time of tribulation, and Jesus beseeches them to be ever vigilant and ever ready for the arrival of the Son of Man at an unexpected hour. The focus perhaps is not to advocate here a lack of generosity on the part of the bridesmaids who had the extra oil and wouldn't share it, but I think rather to illustrate the consequences of being unprepared for the task that's been entrusted to them. Five bridesmaids had done their homework and had prepared themselves by bringing enough oil for their role. They had even thought ahead to the possibility of unexpected delay while the other five were working on the bare minimum, with no reserves of oil to draw on, and so were unprepared. The parable also makes the point that some things can't be shared. There are some kinds of oil you can't borrow from anybody else. A student can borrow their friend's study notes, but not their hours that they've put in studying for the test. We could borrow somebody's award of bravery for acts of human kindness and perseverance, but we cannot borrow their character. You can borrow someone's Bible, but not the faith they have, nor the relationship that they have built up with God. This parable is partly about being prepared physically and spiritually for the kingdom of God. It is about putting in the perseverance and the time so that when the challenge comes, we are ready. This is also a day when we remember. When we remember all those who prepared for past conflicts and world war. Those who prepared to give their all so that life might flourish. Being ready to go to battle is far more than physical readiness but a mental readiness too. On Remembrance Sunday, and every Sunday, God asks each of us once more, how prepared are we? How prepared are you to love your neighbour? How prepared are you to forgive? How prepared are you to pray and work for a long-lasting peace? And what if our preparations were for others' benefit and not our own? What if our horizons were further than our own needs?
surrounded by signs of peace and hope on Remembrance Sunday. God invites us and challenges us to do something about making and remaking the world a better place. And I'm not sure this parable is not a little helpful in reminding us how we can be part of this. We may feel that the task is beyond us and not know where to begin. We could be filled with anxiety, fear or resignation, turning inwards rather than looking outwards. But we must not despair in our waiting, because we have the ability to shape the world with our words and with our actions, and can continue to make a difference for good within our communities and across the world, through healthy relationships, through community engagement, through doing that little bit extra, not because we must, but because we can. We can see a world better prepared and transformed, better, brighter, safer, and filled with more peace and hope. How prepared will we be? And what part do we want to play for a better today for all generations to come? Amen. The parable of the bridesmaids has so many different nuances, it's difficult to know where to begin. But we have two questions to take with us to continue our reflection on this passage. Was it right that the five bridesmaids did not share their oil? What should they have done? How can we be better prepared as individuals? And how can we be better prepared as a church community? Was it right that the five bridesmaids did not share their oil? And how can we be better prepared as individuals? And how can we be better prepared as a church community? We now have a prayer of gratitude and concern for this season of remembrance. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, from whose love in Jesus Christ we cannot be parted, either by death or life, hear all our prayers and our thanksgivings for all who we remember this day of remembrance. In times of peace and sorrow, where hearts ache and the past leaves its sting, where memories of mud-strewn trench are mixed with fog-filled battlefield, where the horrors of theatre of war are left amidst a backdrop of crimson cry, where the guns are silenced and the echo sighs into the stillness through the sombre wind. Send your healing spirit, O God. Where wars are still waged around the globe and lives are still lost, frittered to the futility of battle, and where terrorism is feared, 
and mindless violence is peddled, and sometimes where worst fears are confirmed. O Lord of peace, bring hope, we pray. To the leaders of the nations, to all at whose deciding whether there is war or peace, to members of our armed forces who still serve, and who are often placed in the most gruesome of roles and challenging of places. O Lord of peace, show guidance and bring hope. To Elizabeth, our Queen, and all the royal household, we pray for wisdom and strength through service and common life. On this Remembrance Day, we pray that all might work for a world filled with peace and justice, where war is no more. Help us to prepare communities of hope that care and reach out to those in need. Be with us all, God, that we might be your eyes and ears, your hands and feet, wherever we find need. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now, let us go in peace, where the road ahead sometimes is uncertain and changing. Let us always know that God is love, that Christ's light endures, that the Holy Spirit is found throughout all of creation. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of remembrance and worship. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love, this day and every day. Amen.